my god, it's time to start the show. Clear the dance floor here on Radio Free Brooklyn with me, your host Colby Smith. I, I just I was so enraptured by this new uh, intro and bed music from our friend ex-husband, aka James Cross, supplying us with the world debut of our of our new theme here. And this is sick. Emma, I'm gonna bring you on right away. Wow. Hello everyone. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. The sun has once again come out. <laughs> Uh, which I'm furious about. Oh, you're mad? Um, you, you, as a, uh, as we know from the last time you were on the show, uh, you are representing the ginger community. Yes, uh, and we're only happy when it rains, mm-hmm. hence uh, the garbage hit, if anyone remembers. Well, well, you've been happy for the last, like, five straight days then, I bet. Yes, it's, you know, New York, we had our water world, <laughs> and... And that is why I had to drink my own piss. We got it right away. Survival, you know, when you have to survive and when your Brita filter runs out, sometimes you have to go to extreme Mm -hmm. measures. (laughs) So that's been sort of my exciting news. Shit, man. We've all been there. Yeah. We've all drank our own piss because it was raining outside. Yeah, exactly. I mean... You know, I'm a huge fan of the movie, obviously, so I was just getting really into the spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, welcome back to the show, Emma. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Studio looks great. Mm -hmm. We've made some changes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The big inflatable uh, uh, Fred Flintstone that you passed on the way in, that's brand new. Oh, yeah, I did love that. Mm -hmm. Um, Still lots of wires, (laughs) which I'm a huge fan of. Um, yeah, it's very technical. The studio is for people out there who, you know, haven't spent time in radio show, uh, radio studio, radio station. The studio space is wires and, uh, like Swiffer wipes. (laughs) They're like stacks of Swiffer wipes right behind you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They take cleanliness very seriously, which I respect. Yeah. Um, and no, I'm very stoked. Did you do college radio, Emma? Um, no. Mm. No. I was, uh, what did I do in college? I studied psychology and business. Okay. And I took acting classes, but I never got into the radio, wow. college radio stuff. That's a, that's a wide swath of interests you were exploring at this critical time in your young life. Yeah, I have, I have, I have so many layers. She <laughs> contains multitudes. Psychology, business, mm. acting. Now, there's something they all have in common, isn't that? They are all part of the great human story. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Absolutely. Yeah, fascination with a human emotion. Yeah. Which is what I started. I've put that in cover letters quite a bit and (laughs) didn't get any jobs from that. But yes, it's a beautiful sentiment. Mm -hmm. Now, did you at any point during your, your college experience... Did you feel the impulse that apparently many people have had, which is to use the tools of psychology to enhance your marketing skills? Because if you go to like any like chain bookstore, there's a whole section on like business psychology. Oh, absolutely. That's I mean, I think psychology, business, they go hand in hand. They do. Yeah, don't they? Your first marketing class, they'll <laughs> tell you um, it's all about in- emotionally manipulating people to want to buy stuff. Mm-hmm. That is the crux of our capitalist society. Yeah. And 
And, and it works. It works. It works. It works. <laughs> it's like. It works. I know how to be like, you want to get like me, you got to buy this stuff. <laughs> um, including, you know, I have, you know, debuted my first t-shirt design. Okay. Yes. I'm glad uh, we could talk about this. Uh, there is a merch situation happening in New York City right now. Do you want to talk about it? Do you yes. want to say what it is? Absolutely. I don't thank want to for, scoop you. Thank you for framing it that way. Yeah. Um, there is a limited edition te- t-shirt. I was in television. There's a limited edition t-shirt that I have designed um, that is red. Yeah. And it has in script delusional across the chest. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite and most proud accomplishments so far as a mogul. Yeah. And do you have a name for the people who buy this? Like, are they part of like, like a like a, a squad or like a fam or? Totally. It's the delusionals. The de- <laughs> it sounds like a band. Yeah. The yeah. Delusionals. I mean, we could go into working with, um, sort of working on recording an album. But I think first, um, in order to be initiated into the group, you need to buy my T-shirt. <laughs> it would be funny if you were like, like, oh, you want to buy a shirt? Do you play the drums? You're like trying to staff the band oh, from yeah. people who have just bought the shirt. That's true. I mean, well, I will. I'm going to take inventory of people's skills musically as the <laughs> the orders come in. Yeah. Um and then I'm going to reach out directly. This is good. I think it's it's both you're building a, a creative group and you're also, you know, making money off of them, yeah. which is how a lot of comedy schools work. Oh yeah, I've heard. I mean, I don't know anything about that personally, but Right. Yeah. <laughs> No, of course I do. We all do. We all do. Yeah. Uh, I should have also mentioned that 718-673-8201 is our number. That's 718-673-8201. Now, Emma, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the big news. The writer's strike is over. This is the first show we've done since the strike has been lifted. So we can all go back to, you know, you and I, WGA members, of course, We can all go back to promoting the projects that we were going to promote if it wasn't for that pesky rule. Yeah. Ugh. Right. It's been so annoying to have to swat away all the offers that I've been getting. Yes. Um, it's like, so sorry, can't write. Can't write for your show. I've, you know, mm-hmm. it's I'm on strike. Oh, yeah. Respect that. Yeah. And you're not a scab. No, absolutely either. not. No. So now, you know, we've never been busier. You know, we are just combing through the emails and the requests. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, it's you you come to a point in your career where you have to be discernible. Oh, yeah. About stuff that you say yes to. And it's really actually all about saying when to say the no. Oh, yeah. Handing out the no more often. Mm -hmm. That's a point of power. And this is something that I had to really learn in my I mean, I don't know how you feel, but but definitely at the beginning of my time at the WGA, I was saying yes to every every offer that came in. I was like, yes, 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 of course. Of course, I'll write for your show. Of course, I'll, I'll punch up your movie, you know, whatever. And then it just got to this point where uh, I was writing jokes for Pete Davidson on the road. Mm. And I just thought, what am I doing? You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be here. I want to take a breath for once, yeah. right? Yeah, stopping on tour. Stop. Uh, and then I, you kind of did... Tell me about how you started. Start, anytime you broke up with someone, you started dating them directly afterwards. So you did get other sort of benefits besides <laughs> being paid That's as true. a writer. That's true. Yeah. Um, 
but that aside, I, I, I assume that, yeah, you actually want to get credit for your own jokes oh, after, yeah. you know, not just being his ghostwriter. Well, and it was like impossible for us to just like walk around town because, you know, we would do, say we would do a show in you know Buffalo, for example. People would just walk around and they would be like, holy shit, it's the king of Staten Island to Pete. Yeah. You know? And I, I know he's a big star, but I'm standing right next to him. And, and I'm like, what am I, chopped liver? Um, they don't know that you're uh, the Casey Kasem of Brooklyn. Yes. Can we talk about this for a second? Yes. Emma? You? <laughs> so to promote the show on Instagram stories, you know, I try. don't always do it, but I try and do a little post, you know, and uh, Emma shares it today and uh, calls me the Casey Kasem of, of, uh, uh, of Brooklyn. Yeah. The difference between me and Casey Kasem is that he had a successful voiceover <laughs> career. You're not dead yet. <laughs> That's true. Casey Kasem died of sepsis. So you've is that got true. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I looked it up today. <laughs> well, like, well, because it's some kind of ulcerated bed sore, and he died of sepsis. So before you die of sepsis, you still have many, many good years, yes. at least one or two marriages before mm-hmm. it's all over. That's probably true. And there's. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of voiceover jobs you can book in yeah. between now and then. Casey Kasem voiced Shaggy. Yes. Right? Yes. 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 Shaggy Rogers, who actually is my second cousin. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You grew up related to Shaggy. Yeah, it was really, I, we got like a lot of greeting cards and. In Shaggy's shadow. Yeah. That's the name of your your book. And Shaggy's <laughs> You're very small on the cover. He's very yeah. large. I live my life in his shadow. It is that is that is the truth. There will never be a more famous Rogers. It's more, besides Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Buck Rogers. Kenny, Roger, Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. Roger Avery. That's <laughs> Count. Do you listen to that show that he and Quentin Tarantino do? It's called like the Video Archives Podcast or something. No. Do you know about this? No, tell me. So Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery, with whom he wrote Pulp Fiction and maybe other early movies, I don't remember exactly, host a podcast called Video Archives, which is like the name of the the movie rental store where they both worked in Los Angeles in the late 80s. And it's just them talking about like the trashiest like like B movies from the sixties and seventies, uh, and both, uh, you know, you know how Quentin Tarantino talks. He's very like everything is at a ten constantly. Yeah, he's very just like, and then this movie like goes up the chain, <laughs> like, like, and you think like, wow, he's a very unique guy. Roger Avery is exactly the same way. <laughs> there are two of them. It's like two Quentin Tarantinos having a conversation. Oh, wow. I got to see that. That sounds awesome and very you fun. Gotta. I mean, is it a video podcast or just a regular podcast? I don't know. I've only heard the the audio version. But okay. I want, maybe it's available to Patreon subscribers. It's like Okay. Love that. Imagine subscribing to Quentin Tarantino's Patreon for his podcast. Doesn't sound right. I feel like he has millions already. If he has a Patreon, he should not. He should have to. It should be like uh, made like what? What is like not? What's the opposite of privatized? It should be like made a public resource. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Free resource, or at least like maybe the all proceeds go to some kind of charity. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, because I think he's he's doing well. I don't think he needs, um, you know, whatever three hundred thousand dollars a month or <laughs> yeah. he would earn from that. Yeah. Um. Well, that's that's awesome. I like that he worked in a movie theater. Excuse me, not a movie theater. A movie like a video, like store. a blockbuster type of yeah. type of place. Yeah. That's awesome. It's cool. It's a cool little origin story. <laughs> How do you rate his movies, Emma? What do, what do you think of Quentin Tarantino? Gen I, X icon. Oh, man. That's a big question. <laughs> I I respect his... I respect him. I think I do like some, like most of the movies, not all of them. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Pulp Fiction is a very classic very good. movie. Yeah. Um, visually... He does really great things. He, um, I don't know. There's a butt coming. But I don't love, I'm not, yeah, exactly. I'm not like super into, um, I, I guess I do like, I, if you're going to go action movie for me, mm-hmm. I don't love the realistic like violence stuff. His stuff is like so over the top that you're like, okay, this is like. It's like different. This is fun. Yeah. Um, but it also deals with like pretty like dark themes still there's like rape scenes and stuff mm-hmm. um, which are like okay i don't i didn't really need to i don't know i didn't need to see an exaggerated rape scene yeah. but i don't know yeah do you like once upon a time in hollywood did you like that one i did yeah i, I was that. actually pissed i didn't get to play um the redheaded cult character oh yes squeaky is that her name <laughs> i think so <laughs> He's Googling it furiously. I'm not Googling um, that. I'm, I'm doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> are you looking at... What are you looking at? Well, I was I was trying to find this clip of him. There's a clip of him, like, talking to someone on the new... Like, on a local news... Maybe it's, like, a New York news thing about violence in movies. Yeah. After uh, uh, the second Kill Bill movie comes out. And he is just, like... he's being himself in a way that is very funny. And it ends with him saying, it, it, like, violence is fun, Jan, or something <laughs> like that. Here, let me see if I can, yeah, let me please, see if this is the right, let me see if this is the right one. You know, this is a movie about women. They're not about cute girls no, going, it's about killer women. All right, with their butts and their t-shirts to stop below their, before their belly button, asking permission to kick ass. First of all, what is he talking about? What the fuck is Excuse me. <laughs> the fuck is going on? Um, He's wearing like a hockey jersey, by I, the way. I think I can, ret- can I retract my earlier statement of <laughs> respect? Um, I wonder if he's referencing like another movie where this happens. He's like, literally. I don't know. Let's, they're the girls with their belly buttons and their butts. Hang on to your butts, guys. Like- Violence is fun. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's saying it's not, that Kill Bill is not that. But what is that? Do you know what I mean? Like, what is it anyway? Well, let's keep going. It's just kick ass. What? Sorry. No, go. Okay. Warriors, they live by a code of honor and they die by that code of honor, too. And they and innocent people die along the way. It's about that kind of thing. Now, tell me this. You know, innocent people die along the way because that's, unfortunately, that's the story of revenge. Revenge is okay. messy. It never works out the way you want it. Why? The- he's talking like he knows from experience like he's been he's lived the samurai life <laughs> he's like trust me i, I was know. trying to take revenge <laughs> he's like i know from personal experience if you're gonna fight dirty <laughs> you gotta fucking kill some innocent people on the way and that's that's just what you gotta do sorry that's part of the process who would quentin tarantino be taking revenge against <laughs> 
Paul Thomas Anderson for Good. being like his his Gen X rival? Maybe like I because he used to want to be an actor. Oh, so okay. I think maybe there's like bitter actor vibes where like it's yeah. like, well, I want to kill every director who didn't cast me in a movie. Oh my god. Yeah. That would be fun. He that was, would be a good Quentin Tarantino movie. I, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. There's so much gruesome graphic violence. Why not let us imagine Because it's so much it? fun, Jan. Yes. <laughs> there That's what I wanted. That's because I... it's so much fun, Jan. Violence is fun. <laughs> he says Jan is so beautiful to me. Because it's so much fun, Jan. Get it. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Jan? Because it's so much fun, Jan. <laughs> His like voice like drops down several octaves. <laughs> well, tell me, oh, Mr. Tan- Tarantino, like why? <laughs> Mr. Tarantino. Mr. Tarantino. <laughs> Mr. Tarantino, what is it with all this excessive, over-the-top violence? Fun, Chan. Get it. <laughs> I, missed, <laughs> I missed the cue. You guys get it. Oh, my God. Call us in. I mean, Seriously. call us in. Call in. Give us your opinion on the Tarantinos, um, on violence, on why it's so fun. Yeah. Why is violence so fun? 718-673-8201 is our number. That's 718-673-8201. Now, Emma, we were saying a minute ago that we can go back to promoting our projects. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I want to tell you about one. Shameless that, plug. That, uh, that I, I'm, I'm happy to talk about publicly now. Great. So, you know, you know about these movies, Star Wars, right? You know oh, about these this, Heard of them, yeah. It's like uh, lasers and, and space and, and little guys and stuff. Mm-hmm. Creatures. Okay. So it turns out in these early Star Wars movies, right, there's this guy Harrison Ford in there. Mm. And he's like awesome. He's like really cool and like handsome and funny, kind of like dangerous also. They never really do that again. And people are upset at the, uh, the 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 Han Solo origin story movie that was made a couple years ago, that I truly don't remember anything about. Didn't even know it existed. Yeah, go on. So here's my pitch. Okay, yeah. that the studios have approved and that I am developing. This is Star Wars meets Hal Ashby's shampoo. Okay, so it's Harrison Ford as Han Solo, basically. Living in Los Angeles, betting multiple women, and trying to open a hair salon that he runs. So it's exactly the movie Shampoo, but instead of Warren Beatty, it's Harrison Ford playing Han Solo in kind of an early 70s sleazy L.A. Hell yeah. Does Chewbacca come to the salon? Chewbacca does come to this. That's how they meet, you see. This Chewbacca's like, I got all this hair. And that's another thing is Chewbacca talks in this movie. And you start off, you're like, oh, it's Chewbacca. He's going to make that noise, that noise that he makes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That one. That one. And you're starting the movie, you're like, wait, this guy talks? Like, why does he sound like that in the other movies? And, well, you see, that's one of the questions that the movie answers. Because every character has to go on a journey. Yeah. So Chewbacca. Oh, my God. Darth is a guy who talks. Yeah. 
Sorry, I, I just got an idea. What? What? It's just a pitch, but say Chewbacca starts like he's like kind of like an Ita- Italian American style like guy. Okay. He gets a stroke. Uh oh. Then then he speaks like that. Wow! That. Wow! Okay. And that's why you know he his best friend Han Solo can understand him because they have that such close relationship yes. prior to the stroke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so part of the movie is like him like helping Chewbacca recover from a stroke. <laughs> it's like taking him for walks. Yes. Unlike the Venice canals. Yeah. And yeah. again, he's Han Solo in this. Yeah. He's not like cool guy Harrison Ford. Yeah. He's wearing those like boots and that black vest. Mm-hmm. And he keeps talking about the Falcon. Why does he say Falcon like that? Uh, that is, yeah, that is a weird. The uh, Millennium Falcon. That is a weird um, uh, speech impediment thing. I don't know. Is he from, is there like Bo- some region in Boston or something that pronounces Falcon Falcon? Yeah, yeah. That's There's no view there. It. Yeah. It's like a weird, like, yeah, it's like a weird uh, a, uh, transatlantic thing. Millennium Falcon. A Falcon. <laughs> like a real Christopher Walken or something. What's going yeah. on? We're Christopher Walken. Like, yeah, I'm confused. <laughs> The Falcon. But you were telling me about a, a, a show you've been trying to get off the ground that you could finally uh, could finally talk about now, right? It had something to do with, like, the Yellowstone universe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, so <laughs> it's like the Yellowstone universe, except it's the reality show version of that. Oh, my God. So oh we still have God. to pay writers, but we don't have any actors yet because they're still on strike. Still on strike. Um, so it's, you know, everyone's in Colorado, mm-hmm. which is where <laughs> Yellowstone takes place. Let's say yes. Well, yeah. It's in whatever region Yellowstone is. Wyoming. <laughs> it's in Wyoming. <laughs> um, people are riding horses. People are, um, having romantic relationships. People have families. Uh-oh. But it's all Sounds on messy. camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds complicated. It's going through uh, True TV. We're just doing a deal right now. Can't wait. Can't wait to promote that one. And so is it like a Bachelor type show where there, like the romance is the point of it, but it just it's unfolding against Yellowstone in like the 1910s? Yeah. For sure, it's kind of yeah. The, <laughs> Kevin Costner is the Golden Bachelor. Yes, in the scenario I'm envisioning, yeah, for yeah. sure. And um, there are lots of prairie women who are seeking his hand. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty hot. Work the ranch. Yeah, yeah, that's the okay. pitch. That's a very well developed pitch. Okay, I think that's exciting. I think it has legs, and I'll tell you something else. <laughs> this franchise this yellowstone franchise is the most profitable expect people love it they do people love it emma everywhere but new york city yeah i don't yeah i never hear people talk about it ever i'll be honest i haven't seen it (laughs) me neither because i have no idea what it's about no one talks about it (laughs) at all The only people who I've heard talk about it are the Kardashians, and anything that they recommend, I know not to watch. The Kardashians are watching Yellowstone? Yeah, they, like, talk about it all the time. They're like, don't ruin it for me. I'm about to watch Yellowstone. Oh, my God. Uh, Sorry, that's a bad impression. It's like, don't ruin it for me. 
I'm watching Yellowstone. That's no it. No spoilers. Yeah. Just All like right, no yeah. emotion in anything. Yeah, like, it's just like <laughs> the lips are just huge. Yeah, just a gape. Yeah. Maybe I should bring my old pal Pete Davidson into the Yellowstone universe. Yeah. I think he'd do well there. For sure. Like, yeah, you want me to uh, just to take all these uh, cows? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he gets into rodeo. He gets into like lassos. Mm-hmm. He's lassoing prairie woman after prairie woman. Oh my God. He's like really good at the lasso. Yeah. That is shocking. I mean, that would be surprising to me. <laughs> it would be great if Pete Davidson gets like dropped into the Yellowstone universe and like excels. He does like really well. You know, he's done really well already on the East Coast, so we'll see. What is he up to now? Well, he had that show, I think it was on Netflix maybe, called Bupkiss. It was like him as himself. It was kind of like his curb a little bit. Okay. Uh, I only saw saw a clip of it, but it was kind of what you expect. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I don't follow I don't follow uh, Pete Davidson's career super closely. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Um, but you know. Top ten SNL cast members ever. Is that your top take there? Yeah, yeah. He's probably like number four. Ten. Jan wow. Hooks. Jan Hooks at one. <laughs> uh uh, I would say Beck Bennett at two. Molly Shit, where's Molly Shannon? Mm, she's ten. Wow, she's number one for me. Beck Bennett is so much funnier than Molly Shannon. What? <laughs> I'm totally kidding, Emma. Oh, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I will fight to the death on No this. way. Molly <laughs> Shannon rocks. She is goaded. Um, yeah, Sherry O'Terry. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, Adam yeah. Sandler. Adam Sandler. Man. So many funny people have come through Studio 8H. Yeah. Wow. Please don't destroy. <laughs> Need I say more? Yeah. You don't have to say more. That's all you have to say. Seven one eight six seven three eight two zero one. Got another pitch for you. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. This yeah. is one I could actually use some help with. Uh, you know, we're in this ecosystem now where we can talk about ideas. So there was a, a piece that kind of made the rounds this week, as I'm sure you saw, Emma, about background TV. Are you familiar with this term? Yeah, like extras. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> background extras. That's very background funny. TV. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. But that's not what they mean. They mean like because Suits from U- for USA oh, Suits yes, I know is like the, yes. the number one show on Netflix right now. And it's just TV that's not, it's, you don't background. have to pay attention to. People just throw it on while they like, you know, eat dinner or do their bills or whatever. Yeah. But it's like th- th- this kind of TV is not being made is basically what the piece was saying. And so I have a pitch for you for some background TV. Oh, love it. Okay. You take every single person who's a senior in NYU's acting school right now. Yeah. And you make them work at a tax firm. Okay. And you just watch them, all these, you know, like beautiful young people just doing people's taxes. Mm -hmm. Like taking calls, being like, oh, yeah, you can deduct that. Yeah. Stuff like that. This is background TV. What do you think? Oh, I absolutely. I think 
any kind of um, just like sexy people doing mundane tasks, mm-hmm. it's kind of, yeah, that works. Because you're watching them and you're like. You can pick up any time. Are they going to? Yeah. Are those two going to? Are those two going to? Are they going to kiss? kiss? Are they going to do something naughty in the break room? Are they going to use the, you know, tax stamp thing uh-huh. on in uh-huh. other ways? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, okay, a similar. Are t- they? <laughs> Will they, won't they use the tax stamp thing in a weird way sexually? Um, not that I'm into that or anything. Um, there is okay. There that reminds me. Why not let us because it's so much fun, Chan. Get it? (laughs) What did he say? Ask for that. He goes, get it. Get it. So much fun, Chan. Get it. (laughs) Oh my god. Anyway, you were saying? Hell yeah. No, um, I am well aware of background TV. I'm like, I watch a lot of shows as background television shows. Yeah, yeah. That show, The Discovery of Witches. Excellent, oh excellent background TV. Hell yeah. It's just like there's time travel, but mostly there's always like a weird sex scene at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a vampire. She's a witch, which of course is forbidden. <laughs> um, well, if you're going to forbid something like that, it's like you're asking them to do it. Exactly. And they have a demon child. Not to give it away. <laughs> they have a demon child? <laughs> they have some kind of demon child. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. But there's... There's at least one scene in it where she, her she's she's just like he's just like I'm 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 just bad and I'm scary and you you shouldn't love me and she's always just like we are one like she's always like cupping his face and she's oh, like God. if you're going I'm going <laughs> it, there's always like that same scene it's a really good formula and yeah. I I know what I'm getting every time well I do think that as far as like there is a lot of like supernatural fantasy sci-fi TV being made right now uh and I'm I would say I'm here for a lot of it yeah oh yeah magical realism mm-hmm. Take uh, me there. Recent one, we watched Silo on Apple TV Plus. This mm. is with uh, Rebecca Ferguson from Mission Impossible, and it's uh, Tim Robbins is also uh, in it. And it's basically like they live in this like underground silo that's like hundreds of stories down underground, and they know that the the exterior, uh, like the, the world outside, has been like annihilated. But we don't know why. We don't know why they live in the silo or what's outside that like forced everybody into the silo. And so, of course, people start asking questions about what's outside the silo and uh, the powers that be in the silo. They want to keep those people down. Meanwhile, Rebecca Ferguson is a little enterprising little girl, and she gets out of the silo. And that's how the series ends. Whoa, I'm Big cliffhanger. Yeah. Big cliffhanger. I'm hooked immediately. I wish I could afford Apple TV. (laughs) I think it's like $4 a month. Really? Yeah, something like that. Oh, my God. Maybe it's more expensive now. I don't know. I was just like, I don't need another one. Look, (laughs) I completely agree. Recently downsized Paramount Plus. Uh. Oh, my God. Yeah, just get that one out of there. There's also, oh, I watched, so I hacked into Apple TV because I was cat sitting once. Mm-hmm. For my brother, and they have Apple TV, and I saw the morning show. Oof. Oh my god! Yeah, that's a rough scene, man. That is not a good show. No, no, it's really bad. 
Um, what happened to Reese Witherspoon? Yes. This is my question when the morning show comes up. Reese Witherspoon used to be like a, a darling, like everyone's favorite. And now she's so like, I do this very important book club. And then I do this like very serious role on the show. And uh, yeah. she's not having fun. I know. She's not having fun, Reese. We like you when you have fun. I know. I like look up to her a lot. I mean, like, you know, she has had a great career. She's had so many great roles. Yeah. Yeah. But now she's like, oh, what is it? Hello, Sunshine or something. Something like that. Yeah. The name of it. And it's like, an, it's like a lot. It's like a production company. And it's a book club. And it's a. Yeah, yeah. And she's just like, now I'm an IP mogul. I'm yeah. buying it and I am selling it. And yeah. I only do uh, serious dramas. Yeah. Like Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Did you like that show? Uh, yeah, yeah. I liked it. I kind of liked the first season. Yeah. I thought it was, I was hooked. Yeah. I had a good, had a good time. What's the name of the fella, the guy who plays... Uh, Nicole Kidman's abusive. Oh, husband. Alexander Skarsgård. Yes, yes. He is so hot. <laughs> I mean, I know the listeners will agree. They, I mean, yeah, you're not going to get any. No one's going to be calling in and being like, "She needs to be stopped." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she, she can't be saying irresponsible <laughs> stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, now Chewbacca has a stroke. Now this. Yeah. Um, Chewbacca. Has yeah. <laughs> that's the pilot. Um, the pilot yeah. of. Star Wars meet shampoo. <laughs> um, yeah, that something. He's such a good actor. I'm, I'm a big fan he's of his. Funny. He, I, I, he's I, so scary in so many ways. He, he can do it all. Yeah, he can be funny. He was so funny on Succession. Oh on my god, last season of Succession, he was so good. Yes, and like, um, he played uh on documentary now. <laughs> Who was he played like? That documentarian, I'm forgetting the name of them. Um, oh, it's gonna come back to me. Can we talk about documentary now for a second? Yeah, sure. I love that show. It's a perfect show. It's perfect. It's that a perfect kind of show. thing should be done all the time. And this is the thing with like peak TV, the streaming era, whatever. People talking about how there's like all this, there's too much TV. Ideally, a thing like documentary now could be being made. Into perpetuity. Into perpetuity. Yes. Could be <laughs> constantly... Why is that not still going? I don't know. It yeah. had like three or four seasons. They're all like kind of short. I understand the production de demands on like getting all that stuff right is probably like higher than I think it is. Yeah. But it's like, it's so good. It's so funny. I want to like a TV show. And I, know, I don't know, I know any good shows. I know. This it's is why really... I'm pitching Star Wars meets Shampoo. <laughs> And Disney Plus is thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't any good shows. Literally, like, why did they cancel How To? I swear to God. Why did the rehearsal not get any more seasons? How To with John Wilson, and I want to say this publicly, is the kind of show that makes me want to live a fuller life. <laughs> oh my God, like, that's awesome. I watch, I have a similar thing with Mad Men and like, you know, a couple other things where it's like you watch it and I just think like, I got to do something, you know, like yeah. I got to go somewhere. I got to like be someone, you know? Yeah. It's a, it does not do that thing of just like, of the background TV does where it just kind of like numbs you out and you're just like getting through the day, passing the time. It just, it, it's so inspiring to yeah. me how to with John Wilson. I don't I, know how you feel. I agree. If you, just, if you, you should be like, <laughs> I've never felt that way. 
<laughs> like gush <laughs> about this thing. I got to get Ali VT in here. Is she allowed to talk about it uh, uh, publicly? Yeah, I I don't actually I don't know. Maybe probably. Yeah. She's so classy. She never talks about it socially, despite that she's on like working on everybody's favorite show. I mean, I ask her and she tells me when I ask her one to one, maybe I don't know. I feel like she would be she'd be down. Okay. Okay. She um maybe you come back when she's on because I'll be scared. Yeah, I would love to. Well, she like <laughs> I was talking to her. I'm not gonna divulge what she tell told me, but we were just saying like the beauty of that show is like um how the like the narrative element of it and like you can't write how good those characters are i know like um they're so odd and wonderful and also like touching Mm. um at the same time and it's like it's just like all the things for sure it's also i mean there are so many good things to talk about with this show uh if people have not seen you know it's worth a look uh but it's also i think it's like him he and nathan fielder are the only people doing like this is a show from this one guy's point of view, you know? And it's like it's hard to do that because it's it's a TV film. It's such a collaborative medium, you mm-hmm. know. There are a million people working on it and making it good and blah blah blah. But it's like this is his voice, you know. Yeah. And there was a period, Emma, in like the you know Sopranos uh, uh, era where people were looking at TV in the same way that they looked at the new Hollywood films of the seventies where it's like, we're making personal movies with studio money. And we were kind of doing that for a second. And, uh, we got just a glimpse of it. And then it just completely went away. It completely is gone. I know you're right. That is, that is why. Yes, Mm -hmm. that is so true. Um, Martin Scorsese publicly said recently, Queen. (laughs) (laughs) publicly said like, um, He's like, yeah, the industry's over. Industry's well, over. I saw industry's that. Industry's over. Yeah, this is in the GQ, the GQ piece. He said that. Yeah, I, think. I don't know. Maybe yeah, Variety, one of those. Yeah, um, yeah. He's like, the, he's like, killers, killers, killers of the Flower Moon is coming out, and the actors are still on strike, so he has to do all the promo yeah. himself. Oh yeah, and it's it's just great. I mean, he is such. He's a hero. He's a hero. He is goaded. He also <laughs> is like, I don't like the term indie. Yeah, like I'm. He's probably like the biggest name filmmaker, and he's. Still being called an indie filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. It's like pigeonholes him in a way. Yeah. But yeah, like having that like unified voice is so rare now. Mm-hmm. Like the I feel like like the morning show, I'm like hearing like an entire like village of people's one hundred percent. And it's like this stuff does break through like people do want it. You know what I mean? Like uh uh like succession. I don't know if it was ever I mean this last season uh, was like a it was a hit for sure. Uh but it's like that show has such a point of view yeah. to it. And it's like the only one. Yeah. I don't love I don't love succession, <laughs> to be honest with you. The sense of humor I like don't quite jive with. Yeah. Uh with like the like creative cursing uh, and stuff like that. I think it's like kind of lame. Uh but I do I like like what it like has to say, I think is like very interesting. Uh and it's like the only it's like the best it's the best drama on TV because it's the only one even trying to do anything interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Jesse Armstrong mm-hmm. has a good shout him out. Has a yeah, he has a good like, um, he's got a good like eye for like you know the emotional, the drama, the emotional like tugging on the emotional heart heartstrings that like the, all like the corporate metaphorical like dialogue like I feel like that's can be okay like sure, but it, I mean I mean I don't know it gets it does get old. I I, I, yeah, I get yeah, what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, 
But I mean, I love the show. It's a great show. Despite it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I love the show. It's great. Yeah. Great job. A- acting on it's amazing. Acting on it? Yeah. Yeah, we did. We both had a, a small role <laughs> on like Succession. I, I'm saying that we both acted on it. Yeah. We actually, we both went out for the role that Dasha got. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about? The lady in the third season uh, who was one of the Red Scare podcast hosts. She's like the, uh, the, the, the gal that Cousin Greg is like into who works for... Oh my Kendall. god! Yes. Yeah, oh my yeah. god! Now I'm remembering. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Red Scare podcast. Wow. Well, your 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 Lower East Side Dime Square neighbors. They're yeah. Like Metrograph. They are always they're always around. Do they ever come in? Anytime you're playing Fastbender, does uh does uh <laughs> Anna wander in? You don't um, know who I'm talking about at no. all. <laughs> no. No. idea. These no. Are, I. I. The New York show. They man. have been. They have been there many many times. I've just sort of like. I've, it hasn't like hasn't registered. registered with me. I I feel like people talk about them a lot. They're very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think they were. I mean, they probably still are. But uh, there was a stretch where it felt like everybody was talking about that show, and now it has passed. Is it, it still going? Passed. I don't know. Probably, probably. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone off. On this tangent, Look, we this is a New York show. Yeah, okay? you're right. We will stay. <laughs> we can we'll talk stick about with it. local figures. It's we true. can talk about clandestino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I love about clandestino is that you're sitting outside on like plastic <laughs> furniture, and uh-huh. in your periphery, all you can see is like a line of guys that are like kind of like making eye contact with you, but then like looking away when you look at them. But they're like, if you get up, I'm going to take your seat. Oh, like, I see. Are you like literally go anywhere else? Like yeah. this is we're just sitting in the street here. Yeah. I don't know what. There I are understand. a million bars in that neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's pretty weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a pretty weird experience, but you know that is New York. Mm-hmm. I also like that the security guard there eats um, like takeout on the end of the bar. Yeah. Um, every time, every I feel like it. Every that is shift. pretty dope. Yeah. yeah. The the first time I ever went to Clandestino was like 2019, maybe like early 2019. And uh, there was just like a woman at a laptop doing her like receipts there. <laughs> <laughs> she was like itemizing her receipts for her taxes. Just like that's she how. She's just a guest, not even someone No, no, she there. did not work there. Like no one talked to her. <laughs> no one bothered her. She also like wasn't in like the back. She was like in the front window <laughs> doing this. But that's how that's. That's just shows how times have changed is that the bar at one point was so just like normal and empty on a weeknight that you could just take your receipts. there. <laughs> if anyone's looking, I mean, yeah, maybe put this in the TV show pitch about the hot people doing taxes. Yeah. Yeah. They sometimes they do their taxes at clandestino. clandestino. Yeah. In this episode, the gang travels to clandestino with their taxes. To do their receipts. <laughs> yeah. I'd watch it. This is not a bad idea. <laughs> we have time for a, a call or two if people want to take advantage of that. 718-673-8201. That's 718-673-8201. We're coming into the home stretch now, Emma. Yeah. It's confession time. Oh, okay. It's time to confess something. Okay. doesn't matter to me what it is necessarily. Oh. I'm not even looking for anything specific. Okay. It's just time to make a confession. This is, you know, we were talking about SNL earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know how the last sketch in the night's always like a little weird? Yeah. 
That's the part of the show we're in now. Oh, well, you're asking the right person because, boy, do I have a story for you. Okay. So I think it was like two weeks ago. Okay. I had my friend of mine was having like a I'm last day at work thing. Like, I'm last day at work. Let's have a party. Okay. So I'm like getting ready. I look amazing as always. (laughs) Um, I go out to the street. Well, I have some tacos before that. I mm-hmm. tacos. Uh, I go out. I'm walking, having that strut of main character vibes. I see, um, you know, Jeremy O'Harris on the street. He's like having a just a conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. He's always around the downtown Chinatown area. And he now we kind of have a little like rapport because he sees he he'll wave at me. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he waved at me. I, my whole body was triggered and essentially I shit my pants. (laughs) (laughs) I shit my pants on Ludlow Street. It came down my, like came down my pants. Explosive. I could not get to a bathroom fast enough. And (laughs) luckily... (laughs) I had keys to, to get to get into um, a bathroom where my office is, mm-hmm. and thank God they have a bathtub there where I got to clean up. Oh. Um, but <laughs> I literally have never been more like humiliated in my adult life, and then in that moment, oh my god! Um, and it probably was a, one of the funniest things that's happened to me lately. Yeah, I would say. Um, to have that happen while waving at someone yes. is incredible. It's <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Like, and it was just, it was like the, it was just, I feel like I was just stripped of my humanity. I just like, I, you know, I was working my anal muscles to to the max and there was, the body was just like, uh-uh, like, uh-huh. I don't give a shit, literally, I don't give a shit what you have to say. Yeah. I'm going to go. When I want. Oh my god. Um, yeah. So that happened to me recently, Damn. very recently, and I've told like pretty much everyone Everybody. I know. <laughs> and now a full audience of you know tens. Yeah. Who are listening to this? Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Tens of people who are too shy to call in. <laughs> yeah. Why are you guys so shy? Babies. God. Babies. Could be a character. I know. You could out have there. an opinion. I know. I know. I mean, tell me, call in with your shit yourself stories to make me feel a little less yes. lonely. Now, this is a topic. Yeah. This is a topic that like, I want to hear people on. When have you shit yourself in public? Yeah. And there's no bathrooms. Uh, call back to how to. He's, you know, it's impossible to get to a bathroom mm-hmm. in New York City. Uh-huh. And, you know, for the, I mean, I understand they wouldn't want to cater to those who are shitting themselves, but... <laughs> It's unfair and it's dehumanizing. I had to throw out my jeans. I went home. (laughs) I threw out my fucking (laughs) jeans in the garbage and had to go home without pants on on the subway. Okay. Yeah. Since we're going here. Yeah, please. (laughs) Tell my my closest uh, my closest thing to that, which is when I was a freshman in college, I uh uh was asleep one night in my dorm, top bunk. Uh-oh. And I wake up in the middle of the night and I think, oh my God, I'm going to throw up. 
Now, this was a Monday night or something. I hadn't partied. I hadn't eaten anything out of the ordinary. I'm going to throw up. And so I climb down from my bed. I go to the bathroom. I go into a stall. And I put my head in the toilet. And as I'm throwing up, I start shitting. (laughs) (laughs) I love these stories. The the double trouble, double whammy, sort of the the switch where you don't know whether which one. Yeah. So I'm wearing just like mesh shorts and underwear (laughs) that I cannot wear anymore. So... I've never told the story before, by the way. Yeah. To definitely not on the air. <laughs> so I finished throwing up. I finished shitting. <laughs> and then I I'm like all alone in the bathroom. It's like two in the morning. I throw the shorts and underwear away in the trash can. I'm now naked. <laughs> I I get into the shower. I shower myself off. I take a a paper towel. I wet it in the shower. And I'm like trying to like clean up the floor by the (laughs) toilet. But flush that stuff down. I scuttle back to my room completely nude. Just like going down the hallway back to my room. Oh, oh, I'm safe. Okay. Uh, Sleep through the night. You know, wake up. I'm, I'm sick. I'm obviously I'm not going to class. I'm like feeling bad. And, uh. And after a while, I'm like, well, I have to go to the bathroom again. And the bathroom is closed, and there is a guy in there mopping the entire floor, and the entire floor smells like shit. <laughs> and people are walking by and being like, man, well, I don't know what happened. Something crazy must have happened in there last time. Like, it smells like shit. So he usually doesn't, <laughs> so he usually doesn't like, do the whole floor no. if that was okay. He was like, I got to break out the big guns for this one. <laughs> Well, that is kind of that kind of reminds me of that like flight thing that happened where yeah. like someone shit so badly in the yes. bathroom that it like it flooded the aisles yep. like that. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yes, I, I, I like. Yeah, it's wild. I the public, yeah, public shitting stories are <laughs> hard to come by, but they're very special. I mean. I think they should be talked about more. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you're you're you could see, you can see physically how how reticent I am to li- relive this uh, <laughs> this incident. So I would I just want to thank you for creating a safe space for me to to go here. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Good God, anytime. I've got so many more stories I won't even go into. But yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I love love a good shit story. I mean. There, there's tons. There's, it's, we're all, we all do it, you know? We all, it all happens, but uh, specifically to do it publicly Mm -hmm. is a a new level of, of a new low, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Which is beautiful in its own right. I know. Well, it's only, it's only going up up from from here. Those are the clicks of the tracks on the roller coaster. (laughs) You are about to hit a peak, my friend. (laughs) Exactly. When you shit yourself, you know the uh, something's good coming. To yeah, you. yeah. It's like when these people say getting shit on by a bird is good luck. Yeah, actually, shitting your pants is like ten Even times, better. tenfold, yeah, tenfold. Yeah. <laughs> Emma. Yeah. We gotta go. Oh no, we can't keep going. <laughs> no, we gotta go.
Ugh, damn. Okay. Do you have any any parting thoughts, any final words? They could be a plug. It doesn't have to be a plug. I'm not discouraging a plug if you have a plug, but I'm just saying, you know, and I'm not talking about the uh, the rubber stamp at the tax <laughs> office. I'm talking about something you actually want to promote. Oh. We really stuck to the premise, I uh I Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really did. Our strike projects. Yeah, I mean, uh I guess I I'm I'm working on a podcast called Grandiose Delusions, which mm-hmm. is where the delusional merch came from. I was gonna say we should plug the shirts again. Yeah. Buy a delusional shirt. Follow me at, at MRogering on Instagram and link is in my bio. Um and whenever you wear the shirt, just think of me mm-hmm. shitting herself <laughs> on Ludlow Street. Become a member of the Delusionals. Yeah, exactly. The Delusionals. The Delusionals. Yeah. That's the record executive. It's the the Delusionals. Delusionals. I love these guys. Yeah. Give them a big contract. (laughs) What about you? Or what what do you want to plug? What do I want to plug? Besides your radio show that we're on right now. Yeah, that's kind of all I've got going on. You have a, don't you have an improv show? Yeah, I don't have any dates coming up though. Oh. I haven't gotten back to me at BCC yet. <laughs> maybe you should get a new venue. Yeah, maybe I should. But I'm also kind of like, do I want to do this show anymore? I don't know. I know. Live shows are they're a over. lot more lift. They're over. They are. I feel like they're over. I know. Well, that's why this is so fun is because it's like, oh, we don't, it's, you know. This is, this is only just beginning. This is, yeah. The age of internet radio has begun. Kids. Forget about podcasting. Have you ever heard of the thing called radio? <laughs> yeah. The truckers are listening to this at every glory hole <laughs> along the Route 66. The kids are like, they're listening to what? <laughs> <laughs> the truckers. <laughs> oh, Emma, thank you so much for coming back. It was my pleasure. It's always a joy to talk to you. And uh, I'll probably text you again soon. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> to come back on. Because it's so fun and it goes by so fast. Folks, uh, fuck you for not calling in. uh, But thanks for listening. This has been Clear the Dance Floor with me, your host, Colby Smith. We will not be back next week uh, because I'm acting (gasps) in another short film. People doing all these short films now. Really? Mm -hmm. Wait, can you disclose where? I'll I'll tell you after. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's another writer's strike. I mean, strike thing. You can't promote our project. Uh, and folks, our friend Aaron Harland, who has been a guest on this program, has a new song out, and it is so good, and we're going to go out to it. It's called Can't Help It, and it's going to play right now. See you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye.